Welcome to All Means All. I'm Carolyn O'Hearn. And I'm Sarah Perglosi. We are two inclusive education enthusiasts striving to shift mindsets, challenge the status quo, and open more doors for all students in all settings, all of the time. We are coming to you from Closing the Gap Day 2, and it was just another really great day with sessions and people who get it and just fun conversation overall. Uh, The session we went to this morning um, was in the Assistive Wear sponsored room, and it was Erin Sheldon. And if you've never heard Erin Sheldon speak on behalf of Assistive Wear or just on anything to do with her daughter, who's an AAC user, and the experiences that they've had together, I highly recommend seeking out anything that has Erin Sheldon's name on it or in it um, or has her be part of it. And the session this morning was Nothing About Us Without Us. And that is something that Sarah and I have been really excited about sharing this information, this content with with families and with school districts, because the people who are often left away from the conversation and away from the table are the AAC users themselves. And so we need to bring them to the table and make sure that they're part of the conversations that they can affect and influence and also the changes that are going to affect and influence them. And one of the quotes that Aaron said this morning was, the root of being human comes down to who has the right to make decisions. When we remove that right, we strip them of their personhood. And Sarah, this is so important because when we think about IEP meetings or we think about students with complex communication needs in a school building or at home or out in the community, so often because they might be an emerging communicator, we just make decisions for them. Or maybe we offer them two choices. Or maybe we don't even invite them to the IEP team meeting because uh, they don't have a way to communicate their wants, needs, and ideas yet. Um, And that's just, it's doing these individuals such a disservice because we need to be teaching them that their role is to be at the table and they are valued and it's their life and we need to make sure that they have a way to help make their own decisions throughout life and start them start them young and carolyn i don't even think it's just a disservice to those students i think it's a disservice to the educational team Mm -hmm. uh you know we can so often one of the things aaron talked about is there is a difference and a balance that we have to have between what's important to that student right so that is really student-led what is important to me as a learner but it's also important for us to balance that with what is important for that learner and we can't find out as a team as a parent what is important to our student our child without having them there and giving them a way to voice what it is that they want how they want to direct their care what classes they want to be in what they like what they don't like And if we as educators are like, you know what, we really don't know, well, then the challenge is figuring it out and not giving up until we have a way to find that. And Erin brought up a really great example of figuring out this balance of important to and important for her daughter when she's saying, as the mom, what's important for my daughter is to learn literacy skills and to have a robust communication system with her at all times. But to her daughter, what's important, what was important to her in that example was that she wants to be included at lunch and she wants to talk about what classes that she wants to be part of or what peers are with her during the day. And so it's just this disconnect um, 
in most scenarios that we think we're doing what's best for these AAC users, these complex communicators, when in reality we might be overextending our decision making and not letting them come to the table and finding that balance. I mean, Erin said it so so nicely, and I'm going to butcher it completely here, but she's the mom. She's going to have that final say. She's going to have that ultimate decision-making power, but she needs to have her daughter's input in that decision. And especially while her daughter was growing up, yep, I'm mom. I get to make these decisions, but then she's involved in this and understands that her voice has value. So now that she's an adult, the daughter does have more of a role in making that final decision and knowing, you know, who gets to be her caretaker, who goes to the doctor with her, what, who's picking the clothes that she wants to wear for in the day. Um, and so again, it just, it goes back to how many decisions we make on a daily basis. And then just because we are interacting with individuals who may have complex bodies or complex communication that we just strip them of, being able to make as many decisions because we might think that they're not ready when in reality it's not true and we haven't provided them with those opportunities yet. And I think one of the things that really hit hard for me is when Erin talked about how we historically do a really poor job as educators of teaching, explicitly teaching, and building, creating authentic opportunities for all of our students to learn how to make choices, express their opinions, what they like, what they don't like, and how if we have students who have communication needs, the importance of starting young and not just, I'm not talking, you know, small, minimal options and opinions, but really teaching them. We spend so much time teaching requests and by and large kids request, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go over and get what it is that I want. Mm -hmm. We need to do a great job at teaching our students how to express what they don't like, how to be active communicators versus always putting them in that passive role. And I think it's, as you're listening to this, think about how are you intentionally building those opportunities for the students that you work with? How are you having these conversations with families? You know, we're both moms and definitely do a lot of things wrong as a mom, but a lot of what we're all trying to do is teach our children how to make decisions, how to take in the information, who to consult, what to, what are those next steps, and it should be the same for our AAC users. So Carolyn, after Aaron's session, I popped over to a session by CAST. Uh, it was all about empowering an army of squeaky wheels. Squeaky wheels? What yes. does that mean? Well, you know that title got my attention. Of course. Of course. Uh, and it was really about how do we build inclusive technology systems? And it's really flipping it from this is for one or for some to really thinking about how can we incorporate inclusive technology that works for most and then modify that to be assistive technology for those students that truly need it. And a lot of what we talked about was shifting mindsets of adults that we so often, there are so many examples of people who talked about, you know, they're working with staff who feel that if a student uses text-to-speech that it's cheating that you know writing is writing with a pencil or typing on a keyboard and that is what it is so we talked a lot about the importance of having the conversations to shift those mindsets and one of the things that the presenter Tara Kershane said was that the barrier is not the student it's in the environment and how we are designing it Mm. yeah that's big isn't it Mm -hmm. 
because so often it's framed from teachers or behavior coaches or parents or whomever that we have a student who's who's demonstrating an issue or has a behavior rather than saying how can we adapt the environment to make it more engaging to provide them with the supports to be successful um and yeah it's so interesting because it usually is it's usually placed on the student when in reality it's back on us Mm -hmm. I think you and I spend a lot of time in our own conversations off of this podcast having this conversation about how do we respond when people say it's the student, right? We tend to take the finger and we point it at other people versus taking a step back and saying, I only can control myself in this situation, so what am I doing to change that? I think it's it's easier to place blame on someone else. It's so much harder to take a step back, look in the mirror and say, how am I playing a role in perpetuating this system and how can I change it for the better? It's so much easier to say, oh, well, so-and-so didn't show up today, or I didn't get the, the things that I thought I needed, or no one told me. And so having these conversations of, oh man, I need to do better. I can look at myself and say, oop, I flopped there, but here's how I can be a little bit better tomorrow instead. For sure. And the other thing that we talked about in the session that you and I have talked a lot about, uh, even on this podcast, is the need to really start de-siloing the educational system, that we aren't living in our pockets of general education and special education and the instructional technology department, but that we're starting to see how do we overlap, how can we work together. Uh, I sat next to a gentleman who is the director of IT for his district, and he was sharing all of what they are working to do together and how they've really started to find that when they plan for inclusion ahead of the time, Inclusion is so much easier down the road, but it's that when we try to retrofit something, if it's a new curriculum or if it's a bunch of old textbooks or Chromebooks, if we start thinking and designing with inclusion in mind from the beginning, it is not only more beneficial to the learner, it's beneficial to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. And then we ended our day uh, with the most fun experience, and it wasn't really advertised. It's only because we um, are Twitter friends Mm -hmm. with um, this this person, and they told us that they were going to do AAC improv. And of course, we're like, well, what is AAC improv? What does that look like? And we are so glad that we went. Um, This was also in the Assistive Wear Sponsored Room. And they had two volunteers in addition to the CEO. Um, if you aren't following me or All Means All on Twitter or X or whatever it'll be, um, go head over there because you'll get to see a really fun loop of uh, David, their CEO, pretending to have gills and swim in a fantasy world. Not something I ever I've- thought I would ever see. Fire and water. Oh, right, right. Yes, yeah, he could swim in both fire and water. And we gave an example of a, a relationship, and the relationship was siblings. And so these these two volunteers um, just acted out a scene. 
then they recreated the scene by one person being able to speak and one person using AAC. And I really think that that highlighted how fast communication happens Mm -hmm. because the person who was able to speak was just filling in the silence and I'm still going to go and I'm still talking. And I don't even know if she recognized she did that, but she was just like, okay, as you're forming your thought, I'm going to keep filling in some things Mm -hmm. with some spoken language. Um, and, and so it was, it was fun to see that. Then there was, um, it was just like chaos, chaos. The next one was absolute chaos. That's where that loop came from. Um, where it was once upon a time in a fantasy world and that was one person. And then another person using AAC added another sentence and then they added another sentence. Meanwhile, David is just acting out what they're saying that he's doing. And so they got to think of some really fun, creative pieces to it. But the final component, which we were really excited about and hadn't thought about before, was every person who came to this performance had a blank sheet of paper in front of them, and they had to write down one word. Uh, Sarah, what word did you write on yours? Carolyn, I borrowed your word, and I wrote... Yes. Of course. I forgot that that's what you wrote. Um, and I wrote ping pong because we are, you know, very serious over here at four in the afternoon. Um, and so they took these words that the audience created and um, they selected 20 words, 22 words from all of the words that they had, put them up on a board and then, yes, asked for a, a setting. And so the people reenacting or recreating the scene were at the zoo and they could only use the words that we came up with which I thought was so interesting to highlight the fact that we do this to our students and our complex communicators all the time by saying, I'm going to give you this many words. I'm going to give you a choice board or an activity board or a core board that's limited and say, here, you can only talk about what's using what's here on this board and that's it. And because we didn't know that's what the activity was for, Mm -hmm. the words up there were amazing. Gremlin, Elephant, popcorn, explosion, explosion, assassin, <laughs> reveal, uh, not. There was not, which I thought was very helpful. But just so interesting to see them on the fly, which is very, you know, that's the whole part of improv. But on the fly using this makeshift communication board and just, again, representing and reflecting on how we do this. And we need to be more conscious about the words that are available to our AAC users. We have those words there, right? But we also saw some sign. We saw somebody signing yes. You saw gestures. a lot of yes, say gestures <laughs> yes. and, and nonverbals. Uh, and the other thing for me taking away was not only the limited vocabulary, it was think about how much fun this would be for our students to do. To sit down with their devices, it's socially motivating. It's a great way to sit and play and have fun. It's an awesome way to invite families and parents and educators and paraprofessionals, get the OT and the PT in, and just, it doesn't always have to feel like work or I'm going to explore the system. Sit down. We talked yesterday about bringing our devices to the bar and just communicating and having fun. So Carolyn, we're wrapping up day two at Closing the Gap. And every time we come to a conference like this, It reminds me that there are so many others who are as passionate and as committed to this work as we are. And it's a great way to end a day when you can sit back in a room and listen to a bunch of people giggle and laugh and have fun 
uh, well after the conference is over, just focus on creating really inclusive and fun learning environments for everyone.